So once again, Ellie's butt has ruined plans. Oh, now we're then we're talking. Oh yeah, we're we're t- we're talking. Yeah. Uh, Hello, everyone. My wife's butt ruins everything. Oh, but who are you? Well, I'm probably not Tyler. Probably not. Because no Tyler. one would want to be him. Odds are. Odds are. Uh, well, I sure hope I'm not Tyler. You aren't. I'm sure of it because you happen to be gay. Mm. Yes, but if you're probably not Tyler and I'm gay, <laughs> <laughs> then we must be. <laughs> <laughs> the Super Whiskey Brothers. <clears throat> mm. Beautiful intro. Today is um, part Saturday. two. Are we just going to. Oh. Saturday. Well, mm-hmm. depends on. Well, for us, it's Saturday. For everyone else, mm-hmm. it's not. Uh, if you're watching this day of, it's Thursday. And if you're watching this at a different time zone, it doesn't make any difference. It's still not Saturday. Mm. Unless, of course, you waited several days after it came out to listen to it, in which case, maybe it is Saturday. We don't know. We mm. don't know why we're saying any of this. Moving on. Yeah. Odds are you're not listening to this on Saturday. Odds are. Mm-hmm. You have like a 14% chance. You're like, well, more than four. No, it's 14. Mm. I'm not going to do the math. No, not hey. exactly, but it's close. No, huh? Before you even ask me the question you always ask me, mm-hmm. I'm about to go driving today, so I'll get to ask, since I'm just having water, what are you drinking? Aha! So, I looked through my cupboard, and I did not have any whiskey. Oof. And I, re- I came to the same conclusion you did earlier, and that is I must obviously be gay. Of course. And, and so, I'm, uh, I'm like, if I can't drink whiskey, you know... What should I do instead? So I ha- I may be drinking a glass of um, uh, uh, unpasteurized milk. Unpasteurized milk. Mm-hmm. Goodness. It's okay. So here's how good it is, though. Every time you get it out, you have to shake it because there's like. Stop! Stop! No, stop! No! No! Hold! No! <laughs> so hold, gross. hold on! Hold! No! 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 Here's why you have to shake it. Because there's so much cream in it no. that it actually the cream actually comes out of solution and rises to uh, the top. If you don't shake it, you'll have like three inches of just cream on top of the milk. Oh, no, so gross. That's fantastic. What are you talking about? It sounds disgusting. Mm-hmm. No, no, I mean like literal cream, not like. Uh... I know what you mean. <laughs> I don't want that. This sounds so gross. <laughs> I'll try it someday. Maybe I'll change my mind, but that sounds oh. disgusting. <laughs> it's, um, well, because, well, so, like, the whole milk you get in the store. The whole milk? Yeah, is like, I think it's like three, three and a half percent fat. Um, uh, this milk is really close to, if not over five percent fat. It's mostly fat. <clears throat> there's, there's a lot of, a lot of goodness in it. <clears throat> I'm glad you're enjoying yourself. That sounds that mm-hmm. sounds awful. But anyways, I'll quit harping on milk. Um, 
today because that's a boring topic mm. today we are um we're essentially going through what this is we're starting book two today right mm. uh yes speaking of milk speaking <clears throat> of milk mm-hmm. yes book two of mere christianity and that is um uh yeah starting book two and the title of book two of mere christianity is what christians believe Mm-hmm. I'm um, the way that I read, um, or in this case, I listen to the audiobook this week. I listened to this book again this week, um, but mm-hmm. for some reason, the way that I retain any kind of knowledge is, uh, if you just ask me to start talking about a subject, I'm terrible at it, um, and then if it gets started, then I remember everything that I learned. So I remember vaguely the beginning, mm-hmm. but beyond the beginning. <clears throat> I'm going to be slow. So, if you wish to start, and then mm-hmm. I'll start talking immediately, yep. we'll do that. Okay. So. Ah, you thought I was kidding immediately. Keep going. <clears throat> well, um, uh, one of these days, I'm going to, we're going to do uh, an episode, and I'm going to have it set up so that you're the one that's constantly talking, and I'm the one that just sounds like a soundboard. I did two of those already, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, uh, so here, here's what um, uh, uh, here's here's what this thing starts off with, and I think it's I think it's fair. It says, "Being a Christian does not necessarily mean that you believe that other religions are wrong all through." What it doesn't, because because you can be a Christian and say, "Hey, look, this other religion got this right, this right, and this right." Said, so, but, uh, what it does mean is that. Uh, Christians must believe that where Christianity differs from other religions, Christianity is right and the other religions are wrong. And I think this is fair. Yes, this is very fair. And Mm -hmm. this is is dangerous um, to start talking about because I Mm -hmm. feel like we could launch Mm -hmm. um, into a side note before we even start going mm-hmm. so I don't really want to expound on what I'm about to say but it's, it's a this is where a lot of people get their beliefs of like saying like well you know I believe this thing and you believe this thing and then we all believe that thing and we'll all as long as we're doing the right thing and we all have our beliefs we'll eventually get to the place mm-hmm. um, you know and then we'll all be great and obviously if you're if you look into the majority of these religions and Christianity is, is one of them obviously mm-hmm. um that's not a possibility because all these different religions have their specific thing that's um i don't want to say it's exclusively unique to them but um essentially unique to them that Mm -hmm. makes does not allow for that to happen um um obviously people who um um muslims have a, a very similar belief system in that they have some parallels to what christianity believes but they of course have their things in there. They're like, nope. If you don't believe this thing, you know, straight to hell. Do not collect two hundred dollars. Do not PESCO. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's it's an interesting way to so to 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 <clears throat> not interesting. Sorry, I'm very tired. It's a way to mm-hmm. kind of really quickly put down on the table. Yes, you can believe that there are multiple things that are right with many other religions, and no, that does not necessarily mean that you believe that the really important thing is there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which I would have been able to say much better if I had slept. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, it's um, uh, 
we because this could be a tangent that we probably don't want to go on. Uh, I'll end the tangent by just using the example that he used and move on. And that is, in arithmetic, there can only be right an- there can only be one right answer, but some other answers are nearer being right than others. Yes. <laughs> I love the the parallels that he keeps mm-hmm. making. They're so they're so British. Mm-hmm. Moving it, on. Yeah. Now, if he had said math, it wouldn't have sounded that necessarily that British. Exactly. But, but arithmetic. Say, say arithmetic, British. or if he had pluralized the word math and made it maths. Ah, oh, the maths. Mm-hmm. I do love the maths. Mm. Um. We need to talk about yeah. pantheism and non-pantheists <clears throat> now. I have vague notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, Are you drinking milk right now? No, no, no. I was I, I was scrolling down the the thing because I'm trying to remember exactly what we get in this this chapter of the rival conceptions of God. Um, uh, this one isn't you know th- th- this this chapter is a necessary chapter, and it's necessary for reading the book. In the synopsis of the book, it's not as necessary just in talking about or just in a discussion about the book, like just because like you know. It's um, uh, it's it's one of those things that it's saying, hey, look, you know, Hindus believe in many god. Some people s- believe that our god is beyond, or not our god, but the the god, whatever the god may be, is beyond good and evil. Uh, so that is to say, you know, it just depends. Every, anything can be good or can be bad depending on your point of view, and mm-hmm. the god does what the god does. Um, uh, and. Uh, so, like, uh, he used the example of you may call a cancer evil because it kills a man, but then from the other point of view, you call the surgeon evil because he killed the cancer. Right. <clears throat> the, and, the, the, and it's a really good wind-up mm-hmm. um, into the next chapter, uh, which I think is packs a bit more of a punch um, for me because there's just because there's some things in there that I, um, mm-hmm. I, I remember having a kind of a really aha moment the first time I read the book. Um mm-hmm. So, I mean, we can obviously talk more about the first chapter, and we could sit there and beat it into the ground, but the core concept is basically just what you said. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, it's like, here's a god. Is god good or bad? And then the <clears throat> example that you just gave is you know, the thing. Well, that depends on your point of view. Yeah. If so, you're a Satanist, you probably think god is pretty terrible. So the audiobook that I have, oh, uh, they read most of his little notes that he makes under the page. And they didn't read this one, and I thought this was interesting. That they didn't read this one, and so um, uh, uh, and then and so I'm gonna read this sentence and this note because I thought it was very interesting that the audiobook reader would choose to leave out this note but read the other notes. Did I say notes? Am, am I from Pennsylvania? Some notes. Read my notes. My notes. It almost sounds like newts when they say. Sean's gonna read his nuts now. Yes. Anyways said, um, uh, confronted with a cancer or a slum, the pantheist can say, if you could only see it from the divine point of view, you would realize that this is also God. The Christian replies, don't talk damned nonsense, for the Christianity is a fighting religion. And here's the note that was put underneath that, that the guy, the, whoever read my audiobook didn't read, and I thought this was interesting. He said, one listener, and this is when he was doing this, talking about when he was doing it on the radio, one mm-hmm. listener complained of the word damned as frivolous swearing, but I mean exactly what I say. 
Nonsense that is damned is under God's curse, and will, apart from God's grace, lead those who believe it to eternal death. In addition to that, mm-hmm. I love every single time C.S. Lewis curses. Yes. <laughs> it's my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I'm, I'm, also, I'm, I'm not going to have to censor that, because in that case it wasn't a curse, it was a literal... <laughs> Anyways, um, I do kind of want to go ahead and move on to the next chapter just because this is a very trudgy book. Mm -hmm. Two is a very trudgy book, anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, It's one of my favorites of the. It's really really good. Four or five, I don't remember either. Of the four, I think it's one of my four. No, no, no. It's really really good, but I mean, it's trudgy to try to explain to someone. I mean, it's a great Mm -hmm. read, full full with lots of stuff, but it doesn't translate the same way with two idiots talking about it as it does with someone reading. A genius's work of art. Yeah. So, so chapter two is sounding very autistic. Yeah. So chapter two is called the invasion, and mm-hmm. it opens up with this. Very well then. Atheism is too simple. Very well then. <laughs> it's one of the best one-liners in the book, if not the best one-liner in the book. Hmm. And I do absolutely love it. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now. Do you want to talk about the very first little bit of this chapter, like the first handful of words? Because where I want to jump to and talk about is the dualism part that really interested me. If you have a note about the first uh, little bit of that chapter, too. No, I, um, I, I don't care about discussing seeing a table. Uh-huh. So, <coughs> I, maybe no one else is going to find um, this as interesting as I did. Mm-hmm. But he talks about uh, dualism. So the concept of dualism is that there are two equal, um, independent things, mm-hmm. uh, good and evil. There's good, and then there's evil. And they are both like, boom, we have good and bad, and it's always been here. Um, and the idea of dualism at its core, C.S. Lewis explains, is incorrect because mm-hmm. the actual good and bad of the universe is there was the good. The good created everything everything at its core is good and something came and we'll say you know tarnished some of the good and made it to where people have the desires to do these things are at their core, technically speaking good exactly thank you <laughs> um and turned them into evils and, and you mm-hmm. can't say dualism can be correct if we have everything is at its core good and some of it has been fouled and to become evil and they also are not rival powers in that they are equal powers they are not equal they are just rival mm-hmm. um so like the concept of saying um there's he goes into a bit of detail and i think it's when he's talking about dualism that he goes into this detail correct me if i'm wrong but he's talking about saying something well someone who wants to um to start a business that uh has very questionable motives um is at his core good because he has ambition to do better and to get money and do better things. Someone who wants to, you know, um, who who wants to sleep with a whole bunch of women um, at his core is pursuing a pleasure that God created. Um, so he, he's, he's obviously saying, here's how these things have been fouled to be terrible. But dualism can't be correct because all of the things at their core started as good. They all have the, the um, starting point of good even the things that people do for gratification that are evil have uh if they were pursuing the exact same feeling or emotion from a different perspective it would be good and that good was the original 
and I don't know. I just found that really fascinating. To it was it's just a way of it that I'd never thought of before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, like, it's such an obvious thing when you read it. You're like, oh yeah, duh, of course. But I mean, it it, it just hit me very differently because I never thought of it. Yeah, and I'm glad you went and talked about that because that is uh, it's supposed to be in book two, or it is in book two, and um, uh, we hit on that a little bit last week. Um, we did, and I'm glad you went into a bit more detail on that uh, about the dualism. Uh, I actually yeah. backed away from giving more detail last week because I knew we were going to talk about it more, and that, but because I did want to kind of hit a whole blurb about it, I, I found it su- not the most interesting thing in the book, but it was mm-hmm. it was in my top five. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a fantastic thing. Um, uh, I think there's a section that, like, in the notes is like actually like subtitled mm-hmm. "Evil's Dependency <clears throat> on Good." I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. That's I don't know. Either way, if you're, but I freely admit that Christianity, as distinct from Christianity and water, goes much nearer to dualism than people think. Um, uh, Christianity agrees with dualism that this universe is at war, but it does not think that this is a war between independent powers. It thinks that it is a civil war, a rebellion, and that we are living part in a part of the universe occupied by the rebel. The rightful king has landed. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and now we we may to get to the uh, we'll get to the number three, the shocking alternative. And so we we have we have this this whole thing about. And there, there, there's a you know a thing talking about why would, you know why would God give people free will, um, uh, uh, you know doing all and there's I'm I, I'm skimming through and so I'm going to have um, uh, uh and yeah so I'm just skimming through and I I don't know where the um, uh, uh, exactly where this is and I'm sure it's it's around here somewhere. But he, um, uh, uh, he's talked about, I said, um, uh, God gave us, this is, this is, therefore, so if we're talking about the, uh, the Christian God, this may even be in book three, I don't know, it's, I, I it's, it's been a while, um, uh, I have, I haven't, I read it, read it last week, or not last week, because we didn't record last week, I read it two weeks ago, and then I forgot to reread it, and there's so much, Information. It's not densely packed information, but there's just or dense information. Densely packed. It is densely packed. There's, but it's not like dense. But there's just so much information that I mm. sometimes get fuddled at what's found where. Well, coming to but, the core of what you're trying to say, and I'll see if I remember it because this was a really hard hitting one too. Yeah. So it was um uh, uh when he was it was talking about I said you know we we, we were given free will I said and we were given the ability to choose said but um uh, uh said but then it found out that you know we could not possibly choose to be good because we um uh, uh there's there's no way that we just as as a human being could possibly be good enough to humble ourselves and bring ourselves down and in in this sense uh, die to ourselves um, uh, in order to, you know, say, hey, look, I'm sorry that I broke your rules, and I will continue to do the right thing, start doing the right thing, and I will continue to do that, and, you know, there's no way that just a human could ever be good enough to humble himself down to that level, so because a human in his present state cannot be good, 
So the only possibility was if God himself were to become human. So because, therefore, the, the, the only way that we can do anything is if God helps us. But God is God. So therefore, he is above humbling himself. He is above dying. He cannot do any of those things because he's, he's just so far above that. So the only option then for us, if for God to help us with this, uh, because how could he help us with something that he's never done himself, would be for him to become a man, for him to come down and humble himself, and for him to die, and then give us that example and lead us and help us to do those things. Hmm. If I can and, think of a time that that might have happened. <clears throat> I say, what, do we have an example of that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lewis hits on an awful lot of mm -hmm. things through here mm -hmm. that um, I, I really find this parallel interesting. And I kind mm -hmm. of, part of me wishes he would have said this uh, in mere Christianity, um, but whatever. I, I like this section because you can see how he used these thoughts when writing about Aslan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I find that really, really interesting because, like, it'll be the little blurbs that people say about him. Never, um, not even stuff that Aslan says about himself. But there's like several different times throughout the book series in the Chronicles of Narnia, you'll hear someone say something like, um, "Of course, he isn't safe, but he's good." And it's so <clears throat> interesting because <laughs> it's like such a simple statement because it's a kid's book. Um, obviously, so you want to keep it as simple as possible, but the implications there are, are ones that you don't really think about until you're reading or thinking about something like what's here in chapter three, because mm -hmm. one of the questions like in the notes uh, for chapter three is all powerful or all good. Mm -hmm. And that's like, you know, it, it's like a, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really, really strange thing to think about if it's not something that you. I don't know. I, this is one of the questions that people, um, that's the great Stephen Fry question. Um, it, it, like, why would this happen? Why would you let this happen? Blah, blah, blah. And it goes back to the free will thing. And then back to, you know, God being all powerful, all good. How could he allow this stuff to happen? And then you have the things like in the parallel for Aslan, you have like, when they say stuff like, of course he isn't safe, but he's good. There are an awful lot of things that you wouldn't necessarily say, well, God can't be all good because he does this thing or this thing. Uh, he can't be all powerful because of this thing or this thing. And this chapter, like, you can really only scratch the surface of this kind of a topic no matter how much you're talking about it. But this is one of the reasons why whenever we say, read the books that we're talking about, definitely read every single word of, of this chapter very carefully because there's a lot of things that some of it he borderline refuses to explain in detail because he's just like no this is he doesn't he just doesn't go over things that you think oh he should definitely should have talked about that more should have explained that more but i mean at what point can you go beyond saying look he's he's all powerful and all knowing this is what he did because he told us he would do it and here's what he did to help us get there the questions you have beyond that are just because you're a human and you can't understand what in the world god's thinking about mm -hmm. <clears throat> Yeah. Oh, that was a bit more muddy than I meant for that to come out, but I mean, I think it's because it's such a dense topic. It's hard to, it's hard to really formulate my words properly about it. I, I would like to also read. Because I'm dumb. 
I try to read. Uh, I, I'm, I can be a fairly fast reader sometimes, maybe not, but I'm going to try to read a paragraph and a sentence. Good luck. Because it's fantastic. Like I said, one part of the claim, and that is mentioned earlier, the most shocking claim that's ever been uh, uttered by human lips, said, and talking about. Is, is it. One part of the claim tends to slip past us unnoticed because we have heard it so often we no longer see what it amounts to. I mean the claim to forgive sins, any sins. Now, unless the speaker is God, this is really so preposterous as to be comic. We can all understand how a man forgives offenses against himself. You tread on my toes and I forgive you. You steal my money and I forgive you. But what should we make of a man, himself unrobbed and untrodden on, who announced that he forgave you for treading on other men's toes and stealing other men's money? Asinine fatuity is the kindest description we should give of this conduct. Yet this is what Jesus did. He told people that their sins were forgiven, and never waited to consult all the other people whom their sins had undoubtedly injured. He unhesitatingly behaved as if he was the party chiefly concerned, the person chiefly offended in all offenses. This makes sense only if he really was the God whose laws are broken and whose love is wounded with every sin. In the mouth of any speaker who is not God... Uh, these words would imply what I can only regard as a silliness and conceit unrivaled by any other character in history. Then the one sentence, Christ says that he is humble and meek, and we believe him, not noticing that, if he were merely a man, humility and meekness are the very last characteristics we could attribute to some of his sayings. Yeah, this is, this is the part where uh, it, it's just, this is a part that I never thought about. Mm -hmm. Um and like it would have been really I think I would have loved to have, have read this when I was younger and having discussions with this about people mm -hmm. there are so many people who are like well yeah Jesus was a great man but I mean that was it he was a great mm -hmm. man if you really like take a step back and there's mm -hmm. uh, I'm gonna I might say it wrong his comparison he's either God or he's a demon because mm -hmm. um, you can't just like well he was just a madman oh no 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 like you can't even say you can't even really think about it being that way. You can't you can't you can't attribute just being a guy, a regular dude, saying this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he said, if you, um, uh, he said, given what Jesus said, you have three options. He said, he said, you can't call him a great, he said, a person who said that would not be a great moral teacher. You have three options. You can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. It's such an interesting, char short character study that mm -hmm. I'd never really thought about before. Because I mean, like I've always been like, okay, well, I can see what you mean there. I can see how you can think that you know he's just a, a really great moral teacher, like you know, kind of how Gandhi perceived mm -hmm. Jesus and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I kind of get that. That makes sense. And then you like hear Lewis say it this way, you're like, wow, no, that's a really mm -hmm. idiotic statement, actually. Yeah, and then um, uh, we'll, we'll end discussion of this particular chapter with the last word said in the chapter. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. <laughs> <laughs> but no, because it's. I think it's funny, though, because this is something that... An argument that we hear all the time. Um, uh, that, that we hear made today all the time. Is that, well, you know, Jesus could not have just been a good man. Said he was either God or he was crazy, or evil, or this and this. And I've heard that all the time. But then, you know, I've done some, a, a little bit of reading, so I'm not going to say I did exhaustive reading, but I've done a little bit of reading of older stuff. This book is the earliest example I can find of that argument being made. 
And I can't help but think that... Not, I'm not going to say no one had thought of it up to that point. But I, I'd be willing to put money on C.S. Lewis being the one that sparked this argument as far as being a mainstream argument. <clears throat> I mean, I would believe it. He was... Mm-hmm. He, he I mean he definitely was was a pretty great philosophical writer I mean it wouldn't shock me to hear that he had started something yeah I'm sure and that is with the with the exception of people who come upon this argument independently because you know anyone can think up anything really but with the exception of that I would <laughs> say I, I would say everyone today who makes that argument uh, no matter how they word it they eat like that they, they either got it from this book or and this is I, I, I'm obviously you know exceptions, but they either got it from this book or got it from someone who got it from this book, <clears throat> right? <clears throat> it's an and it's, it's fantastic. Hey, my favorite line quote, full couple sentences, uh, is in uh, chapter four. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not the uh, it's not right at the beginning. It's further towards the end. Um, well, it's actually in the middle. Um, but it's it's my very favorite uh, full sentence from the entire book. Um, it's not that it's profound or quippy like some of his stuff is, but it's just, um, I don't know, I think it's the one that stuck with me more than anything else in the book did. But it's not at the beginning, so if you want to start talking about the beginning, then I will make my quote as it comes into it, because I'm a big fan. Mm-hmm. Well, here's some... Uh... Well, the, I guess in this book we have a chapter that basically sums up the whole of mere Christianity and that it sums up the whole of Christianity. Which um, is pretty uh, fantastic. Yeah. It said, um, uh, The central belief is that Christ's death has somehow put us right with God and given us a fresh start. Theories as to how it did this are another matter. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. That the further quote from that is mm. is is interesting too. It just mm. skip ahead a bit, brother. Theories about Christ's death are not Christianity. They are not explanations about how it works. We are told that Christ was killed for us, that his death has washed out our sins, and that by dying he disabled death itself. That is Christianity. That is what has to be believed. So to further good night everybody. That's the end of that. Um, it it's it the the you go a little bit further in this chapter to talk uh, about. Are you um, reading a note that you made, or are you reading from the book? Oh, I'm notes that I made are from the book. I I, I know, but I was curious because I didn't know if you had like taken a sentence here and a sentence there, and that's your note. Yes, it's okay. chopped up. I was gonna say that's not what comes next. Do you have a different version? Like, do I need to get something different? No. <laughs> There's no, it's, you said words that I don't have. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's chopped up to summarize <laughs> since we're not reading the entire book. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, but then it starts to go into um, we're talking about atonement, talking about repentance. Um, I, I, there's a lot of good stuff in there. And if you want to go back after I say this sentence to talk about one of them, that's fine. But I mean, this is the sentence that I think is, um, it summarizes, I think it's noted in one, in one of the versions that I have, it's, I don't know, it's called the repentance dilemma. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the quote is only a bad person needs to repent. Only a good person can repent perfectly. Mm-hmm. The worse you are the more you need it and the less you can do it. The mm-hmm. only person who could do it perfectly would be a perfect person and he would not need it. Mm-hmm. Which is um, uh, when I, that, that's what I was, 
that I guess it was in chapter four. That was that is what was said right before the big thing that I discussed earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it, it's my it's my favorite quote from the book because mm-hmm. I, well, and I say favorite, I guess I say the one that stuck with me the most. Um, it's <clears throat> the idea, especially if you if you grew up. Um, probably in church in general, but I mean, where we grew up being a very, um, the, in, in the Pentecostal holiness movement, they talk an awful lot about <clears throat> repentance. And when they say things like a lot of, a lot of the preachers say stuff like, um, being, if you're saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy spirit and they talk mm-hmm. about repentance and all this kind of stuff. And they're like, well, that's, that's the thing when you don't do it anymore. Like they would describe it as being like, and I'm not agreeing that this is the case. I'm just saying this is the way I, it was spoken of a lot. Is that well, at this point, you don't do the thing anymore. Um, once you're once you've been sanctified, and then when you're repenting, the idea is that you don't do it again. But that's kind of nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, it's it's not nonsense that you aren't going to try to not do it again. But that's the entire concept daily struggle of not doing bad things the the (coughs) Lewis comes it up much better here to be like look if you were a perfect person then you would actually be able to repent the right way and not do these things again that Mm -hmm. being said if you were already that way you would never need to do it Mm -hmm. which that is technically what repentance means it's it is technically what repentance means it's a humbling yourself for a thing and then a complete rejection regarding the thing but but that's just it. Mm. If it was a complete rejection and we were doing mm. it properly, then we'd yeah. be done with it. And that rarely happens. It also depends on the thing. I mean, if it's heroin, then you know, <laughs> hopefully you don't do it again. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh, so that the, the, and then we have uh, after that in the in the section uh, the unfair advantage of Christ as God. Um, uh, <clears throat> very unfair. Yeah, he said, "How unfair!" Uh, yeah, said I've heard some people complain that if Jesus was God as well as man, then his sufferings and death lose all value in their eyes. Quote, because it must have been so easy for him. Others may very rightly rebuke the ingratitude and ungraciousness of this objective. Uh, objective objection. What staggers me is the misunderstanding it betrays. Then going up here is that of course. It was like, in one sense, of course, those who make it are right. They have even understated their case. <laughs> like, the perfect submission, <laughs> perfect suffering, the perfect death were not only easier to Jesus because he was God, but were o- what were possible only because he was God. Is it, but is that not a very odd reason for accepting them? <laughs> there, there's a the line that comes, I believe, right after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope it's right after that, but I, I don't have my notes that detailed. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm going to butcher the quote, yep. uh, but he's talking about saying rejecting this gift because of its unfairness is kind of like you're drowning mm-hmm. and there's someone on the bank of the body of water you're drowning in and they put one foot on the bank um, so that they can have leverage to reach down and pull you up. Mm-hmm. And then as you're drowning through bubbles, you go, that's not fair. You have an advantage. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's, it's, it's such a great, mm-hmm. it's such a great way to, um, mm-hmm. uh, to, to give a visual to, to what he's trying to say here. It's so funny because he makes it look way more absurd than than we than you kind of think it is when you hear someone say something like that mm-hmm. you don't get the absurdity of it until he's like okay we'll think of it this way and the, the other example to me slightly less absurd but i find a little funnier said so, the teacher is able to form the letters for the child because the teacher is grown up and knows how to write that of course makes it easier for the teacher and only because it is easier for him can he help the child 
if it rejected him because it's easy for grown-ups and waited to learn writing from another child who could not write itself and so had no unfair advantage, it would not get on very quickly. <laughs> I believe your example comes before my example, and they're uh-huh. both great. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, uh, the chapter ends with a, with another fantastic quote. He's really good at ending his chapters and beginning them with great things to say. Um, uh, <laughs> and this is pretty much any time uh, you're trying to explain any of us that are trying to explain anything spiritual. Um, uh, this is a great quote. To, a great quote to keep in mind and give to I have people. I've this one written down. It's really af- good. After we've uh, after we've done our best to explain the thing, and that is this. But remember, this is only one more picture. Do not mistake it for the thing itself. And if the picture does not help you, drop it. <laughs> yeah, and this is in reference to. I think it's in the same chapter, if not, it's the chapter before <clears throat> where he's mm-hmm. he's talking about um, scientists. Like, here's a picture of an atom. We mm-hmm. don't think it really looks like this. It's just to help you think about it. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't help you, then drop it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that he's kind of brought that back to the beginning of the chapter, and it's great. And I just nerded it out. It wasn't adding anything to the conversation. Mm-hmm. Because that's what I'm good at, not adding to the conversation. How many chapters are in this one? Now we have chapter five comes after four. Yes, um, I believe that's the end of it, though. Yes. yes chapter yes. five is the last chapter of the third <clears throat> book. Okay. Second book. Five, sir. All right. And then, of course, we have to get this, the first sentence because the first sentence and the last sentence are always the best sentences. <laughs> this is true. Chapter 5, The Practical Conclusion, opens up with, The perfect surrender and humiliation were undergone by Christ. Perfect because he was God, surrender and humiliation because he was man. What did you say the title of chapter 5 was? The cha- title of chapter 5 is The Practical Conclusion. Hmm. So it says, there are three things that spread the Christ life to us. Baptism, belief, and that mysterious action which different Christians call by different names. Holy Communion, the Mass, the Lord's Supper. Now, this is um, uh, this is an area where I differ from, um, uh, uh, from C.S. Lewis. Because the Church of England, is so, which is what he subscribed to, is so close to Catholicism that they view the sacraments as... Um, uh, uh, and, and he may, I don't, and he may kind of go back on this, but um. Uh, okay, no, uh, yeah, so, yeah, so he, he, he and he, he kind of implies that the sacraments are necessary, and and he does say in in a few things, you know. Because um, uh, he goes down here, my Methodist friend would like me to say more about belief and less in proportion about the other two. Um, uh, and then he said, you know, and so, but he said, anyone who professes you, um, uh, uh, anyone who professes to teach you Christian doctrine will in fact tell you to use all three. And then that, that makes it so, and that kind of aligns with like, you know, these, these other people here put an emphasis on belief. Uh, I'm very much of the camp that technically, if we're just going by technically all that's necessary is the belief. Uh, and that is to say, could I live as a Christian without believing? And the answer is absolutely not. Could I live as a Christian and have never been baptized? I believe I could. Could I live as a Christian and never have taken communion, or as he gives the other names for it, but could I live as a Christian and never have done that? I believe I could. 
I do find those things are important, but I cannot think of of a single sacrament that is necessary. And mm-hmm. I believe that there's an important distinction to make there. And he implies that it is in some way or other necessary. Um, uh, then he also said here, I'm not saying there may not be special cases where it is spread without one or more of these, um, uh, which to me would imply that yes, potentially just belief. And then, and of course he doesn't want to go into detail because I'm sure he didn't want to step on any toes. We have the the Baptist belief that, um, uh, you know, you're baptized into the church. You don't necessarily have to believe your way into the church. Um, uh, and, and I think... Uh, that that that's uh, uh, that's not an uncommon belief among Catholics either, um, uh, and the uh, uh, and then I can't think of anyone who believes that it is uh, it, that that the only, that it's you 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 communion your way into the church, um, uh, but yeah. So I'm mean, like the only the only groups I can think of that says the sacraments are necessary, and he does seem to believe that and. I guess it doesn't hurt to believe they're necessary, uh, other than, you know, to, it, it seems a bit odd to say you must do this and this and this and this and this in order to even be a Christian. But um, uh, that I, I guess it doesn't hurt anything. But I, it's it, it's to me it's uh, it's an interesting thing. Or it's an interesting difference, I suppose, in what I believe versus what he believes or what he implies I'm not going to say he believed it but what he implies in this chapter it is implied with that statement yeah <clears throat> um uh, but um uh, I'm, I'm not going to you know, accuse him of anything uh, it could also be because those those three things uh first belief and then the sacraments of baptism and communion those are those are three things that are common to every christian belief therefore he only touched those and he implied that since ev- since everyone believes them, those are three things, three safe things to say you should do. Um, um, and so he may he may not even necessarily believe that, but it's it, it's. Uh, I just wanted to throw that out there. <clears throat> it does uh, it does <clears throat> seem that he implies it when mm-hmm. he says it the way that he says it. So I see what you mean. Mm-hmm. But anyways, <laughs> at the risk of getting off on topic, it is worth mentioning that something mm-hmm. a belief system or saying that sacrament uh, of some sort is necessary. Mm-hmm. To um, to put it well, just to put it extremely plainly, to say go to heaven, that mm-hmm. would completely um, uh, um, negate the concept of a deathbed repentance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just worth worth not making that as a footnote of, of the reason why that doesn't why I, I don't believe that that's the case either. Mm-hmm. But please continue because that's a tangent <laughs> that there's no point in getting on. Yeah, but though I also though he does allow for that technically speaking, in, in something that he says specifically. That is, I'm not saying there may not be special cases where to spread without one or more of these. So Right, right. But yeah. I'm just saying like, that's, mm-hmm. that's that's my example for why I don't believe that sacrament is a um, necessity in that for what you're saying. Sorry, my brain farted. Keep going. Man, that said, that, okay, now I have to make fun of somebody. Imagine how hard a deathbed confession would have to be for a oneness person, mm-hmm. right? In order to be saved, a oneness person will tell you you have to believe, and then you have to be baptized specifically in the name of Jesus, and then you have to be filled with the Holy Ghost. 
Which means that the person's like, Ugh, I, I'm dying. I'd like to be a Christian. I believe that Jesus Christ came. Uh, I am so grateful. And the oneness preacher bursts in, Wait! <laughs> like, quick, grab a cup of water. I have a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Never made it. No, um, uh... No, I actually, um, uh... uh my wife's cousin is a preacher and he was he one of the big things that this guy does and he views it as one of his callings is disproving disproving and arguing with oneness people and it's fantastic and i'm probably going to go into something else that he said too um uh, unfortunately now that we got off on that tangent um uh, but he was talking to a, a a oneness person and of course they believe that you do have to be baptized in order to be saved and he said what about the um uh uh, what about the guy who got in a car wreck, and he was thrown from his car, and he landed, and he's on, on the ground, and while he's there, he's laying there dying, and he said, uh, well, while he's there, he, you know, ha has has his deathbed confession while he's laying there dying, and then he dies. Um, uh, I said, is there a possibility of that man going to heaven? And the one, this oneness preacher said, said to my wife's cousin, he said, maybe if he fell in a puddle. <laughs> That's a great answer. It's a really, really great answer. <clears throat> and also very much not the case. I said, it's, it's a really funny answer, but it's it's really, really stupid. It's yeah. really, really stupid. But also, so uh, there's, uh, now I have to go into the one thing that the same cousin said. Because it's the best thing ever. One of his favorite ways of making oneness people make themselves sound stupid <clears throat> is by... He has a thing where they say, um, uh, Jesus is, is all three members of the Godhead. All three persons of the Trinity are Jesus. And so he said, well, then in that case, anytime any member of the Godhead is mentioned, then you can just replace their name or their title with, with the name Jesus, right? And um, uh, uh, and they said, and and they said, they, they say, of course you can, because that's what it's, okay. Let's go to John one. <clears throat> In the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with Jesus, and Jesus was Jesus. The same was in the beginning with Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And then it said, and then what about at the end there when Jesus is praying, or not praying to, to the Father, but he's he's talking about praying and he's speaking to his disciples, and he said, the words that I'm speaking are not my words, but they are my words because I sent myself. Because the actual wording is the words I'm speaking are not my words, but of my Father who sent me. <laughs> There's also the Jesus talking to himself on the cross. Yeah. <laughs> Odd time to self-reflect. Because, <laughs> well, like, he's making a note. Like, he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. He's like, remember to forgive these people. <laughs> I can't do it right Eggs. now when I get home. <laughs> I gotta get back to my office computer. <laughs> Sorry, I activated a child's toy on my floor. No, I didn't hear it. In case you didn't, I will activate it again. <laughs> it did, uh, of course, now it doesn't do it at all because mm -hmm. the world hates me. You know what? 
it's not even worth the it's not even a good joke anymore mm-hmm. i'm trying to get back off oof <clears throat> we've barely even dove into this we've talked more about this than anything else so far yeah well what it's a is really worth short talking chapter. about in here it is fairly short but what's mm-hmm. well dun, 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 okay so yeah so the, the so this chapter the practical conclusion is just saying so therefore knowing all everything that we know based on the evidence that has been presented thus far the only thing that can be really decided is that there is a god he did send a part of himself or a member of himself or himself or, you know, down as in human form as his son. And that person uh, told everyone that he was God. People believed him and still do believe him. And then he died. Then he rose again because that's what God does. Uh, God has trouble. If, if you kill God, he has trouble staying dead. Um, uh, as it turns out, um, uh, and therefore, uh, and that that is like that that is the only practical conclusion because we must reach the conclusion that there is some sort of good, and that good must be conscious because how then could it be encouraging the good, encouraging us to do the good if it wasn't if it was just nothing? So it must be conscious. It must be good. So therefore, if it's if it is both conscious and it is good, it therefore must be God, and there's nothing we can do about it without reaching the practical conclusion of Jesus Christ, because otherwise, yes, there is a there is a God and He is good and He is powerful, and we're screwed. <clears throat> and we're screwed. Sorry, I'm trying to find my mm-hmm. note on this one. There's two things in here I'd forgotten about that are actually. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Um, worth talking about. Um, one one is um, something that I believe that we've talked about um, on on different episodes we recorded. Um, but referring to those, I'll just do part of the quote um, of the two different parts that are kind of chopped up that I kind of written down here. Um, God has not told us what His arrangements about the other people are. People on the outside, people who haven't heard strictly the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, what we do know that no man can be saved except through Christ. We do not know that only those who know him can be saved through him. Um, yada, yada, skip ahead of it, brother. If you are worried about the people outside, the most unreasonable thing you can do is remain outside yourself. If you want to help those outside, you must add your own little self to the body of Christ who alone can help them. Um, and I think he purposefully avoids going to too much detail here because I don't think we really know. Um, we don't have any really clear answers as to how this works. Um, our only real um, understanding of this is um, um, in is is in in the Bible. It's referring to um, it, it, the, this quick synopsis is essentially saying God doesn't want anyone. Um, he doesn't just want people to go to hell. He doesn't just want people to not be saved. But he also has all these rules and stuff. So uh, about how we are, you know, to we can't just go into heaven for the heck of it so i mean there has to be something there so but there's a lot of debate over like well what's the line what's the thing what's the this what for people who have never heard people in some tribe who like you know are born having never heard anything about the bible and then die in that same scenario and i i keep holding firm because i don't know i i always just kind of re- refer back to um um 
the Kronks of Narnia to one of my favorite lines from that that I think sums up um, how I like to think it would be or could be. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the uh, there's a scene where the um, uh, uh, not Telmarine, gosh darn it, Kalorman, Kalorman, um, <laughs> is talking to Aslan and like he's not afraid of him and he's not scared of him, which mm-hmm. is very rare for the Kalormans. And he's like, why are you accepting me? Why are you letting me in into here? I, I never served you. I served Tash, which is your rival. And Aslan essentially says, because I'm not going to remember the quote because I wasn't prepared to give it, was saying that, yes, you did all of these things for your God and not for me, but you always did everything you were supposed to do. You did every good thing. You did nothing but good things. And therefore, every good thing that you did in the name of Tash, you did for me. And obviously... That's just a really child-level understanding summary of, of what some people believe could be the case. And what I kind of like to believe mm-hmm. is, is the case just because I think it's the one that I can wrap my head around the easiest uh, because I'm not too bright. So it, it's the one that I think I like the most. And he, he skims over it very, very briefly here. Um, so as to not go into the kind of detail that I'm trying to also avoid going into. But that, that is... That's kind of what I like to think about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and 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 on, I'll tell you. I, I know it's, it's it's you know you came to the conclusion that I that I hadn't, and now I like to think that is what it, the conclusion he reached. Um, uh, that's the conclusion, or that's what he, the point he was trying to get at. Um, I like to think that just because uh, it, it's you know it's potentially right if this if this is what he was getting at, and definitely wrong if it wasn't. And it was the right. something that you mentioned before. You said you, th- you know, said you like to think that was his answer to those people who never had the opportunity to the people in Africa who never had the opportunity to hear or something like that. But the only reason why I have a problem with it be worded the way he did and why my mind went to that is because um uh, uh <clears throat> you know uh like. If if you're um uh, like if if you're in Africa, and then the the and the person says yes, I have followed uh, Gosh Magogger all my life. I said, well, who's Gosh? Who's Gosh Magogger? So, oh, you've never heard of Gosh Magogger? Gosh Magogger is the the one god, and he sent his he, and he, he he sent his his son down to to die for us, or he came down to die for us, whatever. Um, uh, and his, uh, um, uh, and he came down under the name of Crumpledupit, and when, and a very, and, a very native African word. Yes, and Crumpledupit died, and then Kemp and we realized that it was Goshmagogger all along, and now we must we 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 thank him for his sacrifice to save us, and we we help him, uh, and I and the, I I could believe that that happening, but it's not that they're you know worshiping. Uh, Crumpledupit and Gosh Magogger. Uh, it's it seems to me that that it, what he's saying is, yes, you have my my Japanese friend. You have been, you know, uh, burning prayers to Amaterasu all these years, and you've been doing good things. Well, it wasn't Amaterasu you were burning prayers to. It was me. And I, yeah. I, 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 I don't really jive with that. <laughs> well, that's there's a difference there is that the person who's in Japan uh-huh. um, has a different kind of access mm-hmm. 
um, to the truth than the mm-hmm. example of the guy, the Kalorman, um, because mm-hmm. basically he was never told anything but evil things about this other cause of it. He's never had a, a rival. Mm-hmm. He's never had access to the truth, as we'll say. We're discussing about a fictional character here, so who knows. Yeah. But um, mm-hmm. th- there's another parallel that I really like, and I, 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 I think you've read this book, um, but um, there's a really good parallel there in The Peace Child, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, when the, he he eventually uh, came when when he because he didn't well the the use the concept of peace child to convert the to convert the people um uh, with he without no, before because it wasn't well I, I remember that stuff that was great because they they like the idea of tricking someone and overcoming them with trickery and so for the longest time until he until he learned about the peace child and used that example when he told came and told them about Jesus they thought Judas was the main character and he was the good guy yeah it was really funny <laughs> yeah very funny <clears throat> side note and didn't even really matter at all but still mm-hmm. yeah well I mean you know humorous yeah Tyler me is this the second week in a row that we fairly well, I mean, like, with just a tangent here and there, fairly well stayed on topic for the whole hour? I was about to say, even the tangent yeah. was the pretty tangent, on yeah, topic. Yeah, the tangents were related. <laughs> they really were the same concept. <laughs> that's that's uh, That's got to be a record for us. Let's see if, like, if maybe it'll be just the talking about these books takes all of my brain power, so it's hard for me to get off topic. <laughs> Oh, I was reading Chesterton last night, and my and my son was making noise. I thought, you know, it was not going to be that bad. Like, you know, I'm not really being occupied. I'm reading. You need absolute silence to read Chesterton. That is a dense, <laughs> dense read. <laughs> That's the first time. Usually I can read, listen to an audiobook, and I do just fine. I listen to all these in audiobook just fine. Listen to anything fiction. Go drive mm-hmm. down the road just fine. I can't drive and listen to Chesterton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've, I've tried multiple times now. It is not working for me. I have two Chesterton books because now I ha- we have to find a way to get off topic. So <clears throat> Here I, it is. I have two Chesterton books. One is it's called The Spiritual Classics. It has uh, Orthodoxy, um, The Everlasting Man, and a third one. I forget. And then the other one is he didn't give it this name, but someone else gave it the name, and I like, and it may be something that he had said at some point. He didn't title the book because it was a, it's it's a collection of his essays that was collected after he died. Um, uh, but so I'm sure he said these words at some point. But it's the best thing I've ever heard. It's the title of the book, and it's called, um, uh, the book the, the book uh, the collection is called In Defense of Sanity. In defense of sanity, <laughs> it's fantastic. <clears throat> I will say the only one that I've now been trying to get through and still it's taking time is. Orthodoxy. Mm-hmm. It's quite good. Yeah. Well. 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 We, if it isn't the consequences of my own actions. <laughs> let's. Do the stop. <laughs> <laughs>